Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jay Papazan, co-author of The One Thing. Hey, this is Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. Hey, what's up? This is Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire. And if you want to learn how to build relationships the right way. And if you want to learn how to invest in your relationships. And if you want to ignite your inner circle. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network with my friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What is up? And welcome back to another topic episode of the Build Your Network podcast. This is Top Networking Tips Part 17, featuring Brandon Turner, Kate Erickson, and Jay Papazan. I know, I know it's just getting ridiculous at this point, but there's just so many great tips and tactics that we've gone over in the last couple hundred episodes now. And I'm really, really excited to bring this one to you. Brandon is the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Bigger Pockets is the largest and most popular real estate investing platform and resource in the world. They have over a million people on just one of their forums online that you can go in there. You can network and meet people in your area that like to invest in real estate, get your questions answered. They have so many resources and templates and calculators and guides to help you in your real estate investing journey. 
So features Brandon and then Kate Erickson, who is the chief implementer and the better half to John Lee Dumas over at Entrepreneur on Fire. She is the one of the most organized people that I have ever met in my entire life. And uh, she does a fantastic job of putting into action a lot of the things that John's crazy mind comes up with. And then there's Jay Papazan, who is the co-author of The One Thing, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent and The Millionaire real estate investor with Gary Keller, who is the founder and CEO of Keller Williams Realty. And Jay is the VP over there at Keller Williams. So this is an episode that's just jam-packed full of value um, that you are definitely going to want to stick around for. But before we get into that, as most of you know, my network has just absolutely exploded in the last year and a half. And when people ask me how I've been able to do it, the number one answer I give them is my podcast. If I did not start the Build Your Network podcast, there is no chance I would know as many people as I know now. And, and I don't, don't even know what an accurate percentage would even be to say, but it would gotta be less than 50% of the people that I know, especially the people that I've had on the show. There's just zero chance I would be able to connect with them. I highly recommend starting a podcast. It is the perfect credibility vehicle and value adding excuse to connect with the people that you wanna connect with the most. But if you do start one, make sure you do it the right way. Last that I heard, 90% of podcasters never make it past episode number seven. So if you want to be on the right side of that stat, then do what I did. Hire a coach that's been there, done that, can walk you through the whole process. Almost every single successful podcaster that I know has either had a previous brand that they just migrated to the podcasting platform or they paid money to learn information at the very beginning of when they started through a coach, mentor, a mastermind, some sort of knowledge that they had to pay to get, including accountability and different things like that to help them be one of the successful people on this crowded platform. So I highly recommend starting a show and hiring somebody to help you through the process. And that is something that I do. So if any of this resonates with you, then head over to buildyournetwork.co slash coaching to apply. Yeah, look, I've, I've helped a few people in the last couple of months get their shows off the ground, and I'd love to do the same for you. You need to apply because I only accept a couple people at a time because I don't want anyone lost in the process. It's a lot of information. And then I'll only be helping 10 people total starting from November of 2018 before I shut the whole thing down. So it's really valuable and it's just really, really time intensive from me. So I can't do it forever. So be sure to be one of those people. Head over to buildgenetwork.co slash coaching to apply and we will chat real soon. And now enjoy Top Networking Tips, part 17 with Brandon Turner, Kate Erickson, and Jay Papazan. So we got a few minutes here, Brandon, talk a little bit about networking. This is the Bilge Network Podcast and where we talk a lot about how to build good relationships in, in life. And I think we've touched on a couple of your main ways to do that in the podcast, which I totally second that. Like if you're listening to this right now and you want to explode your network over the next year, like you can build a network in, like over time with some, with some energy, some money, some time putting in investing into it. But if you want to explode your network, I think you should create some sort of a platform because it just gives you the perfect excuse to connect with really whoever you want to connect with. But yeah, and don't think you have to start a podcast that gets a million downloads. Like, right, like yeah, exactly. this, I mean, I know people who are like, I got a buddy who has a Portland real estate investing podcast. Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably gets like, you know, I don't know how many downloads, but it's probably way less. I mean, like hundreds of times less than what we get. Right. He doesn't need people in North Carolina listen to his show. He does it because he networks with local people in Portland who are going to then work with him in his business. He builds credibility that way. Yeah. So, a small niche audience, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, that's probably more beneficial to most people to have that. 
So most people, yep, exactly. I love that you brought that up. I have a buddy that he has a pretty successful podcast called The Solopreneur Hour. His name is Michael O'Neill. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, but he- I know who he is. I've never met him. Okay, okay. So, but he just started another show called The Beginner Audio File. And he literally just talks about like audio equipment and yeah. how to make stuff sound good and what mics to use and different like super, super, super niche audience. But it's actually making him some pretty decent money at this point because of how niche the audience is. But I would say just pick a topic that you want to learn more about and become an investigator of that topic. And then it'll allow you to get excuses to connect with whoever you want to, especially if it's like a local community thing like yeah. that. If you go to someone like Brandon or John Lee Dumas or you know, Jordan Harbinger, people that are in this world, and ask them to be on your podcast, there's probably going to be some buffers that go up of saying like, well, how long have you been around? How many episodes do you have? How many downloads do you have? I have to be able to guard my time because I get a thousand requests a week, right? But if you go to Joe who owns like, you know, Joe's tire shop around the corner and he's been there for 20 years, he never does podcasts. He'll jump on your show 100%. And maybe he's looking to buy a house and you're a real estate agent. You happen to be looking for a client. Like it's just the the perfect way, but we've talked about that enough. So let's go into... This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Kind of the best practices here, Brandon, because it's crazy to me because I'm in this world and I talk about networking a lot. And so when I still see it exist, like bad, when I still see bad networking exist, when I go to an event and I just see so many people doing it the wrong way, it's just like, man, how are you missing out on this still? Like, it's, yep. it, like there's so many ways to figure out that you're doing this wrong and you're just doing it wrong. So can you talk about a couple of ways to do this right? Sure. So one thing I like to tell people about networking and building connections is if you're young, and that's a relative term. I mean, you could be 50 and young to a 70-year-old, right? But if you're young, that's one of the greatest assets, even if you're unexperienced. And this is especially true in real estate, but I think it's true to everything in a way, is that people love to invest in younger people. It's like this like 
I don't know, like human nature to see somebody up and coming and want to help them, but they have to be first helping themselves. It's not like the whole, can I pick your brain for two hours over coffee? And what, you know, it's like, there's this kid, Chris, who uh, is in my local area. And he wants, he does a little bit of video editing. Uh, like he plays with videos. He's pretty good at it. And he wants to get into real estate. He wants to get his real estate license. And so we started talking, we started playing ultimate Frisbee together. And he just started like providing value to me. Like he came over and like helped me film some videos. And then he would just occasionally ask me questions. And I love pouring into this kid. Like I love being like, you know, he's looking for a deal. I love sitting down and analyzing a deal with him. Like he doesn't need to be weird about it because I love pouring into younger people because it's like, I see myself in them. Right. And like, that's the thing. Older people will see themselves in you if you're putting in the work and hustle and, and you know, you deserve it, right? That sounds horrible. But like, if you've proven yourself as deserving of my time, then I want to mm-hmm. pour into you. And that said, podcasters or influencers, I mean, you don't need Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't need to connect with us to learn. Like when people say they want to connect with me because they want to pick my brain, they shouldn't be picking my brain. They should be picking the guy's brain who's not on a podcast and taking him out to coffee because nobody's ever asking him. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I would encourage people when you're networking is don't just think you have to go talk to the influencers. In fact, I mean, like, I'm not even that good of a real estate investor compared to like, some of the people we've interviewed on our show who don't have their own podcast. They're just legit people who own hundreds or even thousands of properties. And they would love to be asked from a young, hungry person. Hey, can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. I think there's, there's something to that is, is you got to make it worthy. You got to be worthy first, right? And you do that. Like if somebody comes up to me and they say, Hey, I read all of your books. I attend your pod webinar every week. I upgraded to a pro membership and I'm, I'll drive two hours down if I can have 35 minutes of your time at, at coffee and I'll buy or at a steakhouse, right? Of course, I'm going to help that person. Like, right, that, right. like they've proven themselves worthy or Hey, exactly. I've been analyzing deals every day now for the past six months. I've analyzed over 150 of them. I feel pretty confident in this, but the one I want to make an offer on, can I just have 20 minutes of your time on a Skype call where I can run through my numbers? Sure. But if it's, Hey, this is my first deal ever. Can you walk me through how to do this? No, go read a book first, right? (laughs) Right. I don't know if you can pull anything in there, but like, those are a few things that I find that is good networking practices. No, totally. I 100% second that. And that all those rules definitely apply for the, like if you're reaching out to somebody that has a lot of demands in their time, like yeah. you um, or some of these other people that everybody wants to try to connect with. But I think that you also brought out a fantastic point, which is even if somebody like stop compartmentalizing Stop thinking about this person as more valuable. This person is less valuable. This person over here is different. This person does... like If you're constantly analyzing, you could be losing out on so many awesome relationships because like you're so focused of standing in the line to talk to Grant Cardone when he's not even going to remember your name three seconds after you leave. You could be standing in line next to a guy that could help you get to the next level in life, but you're so focused on like getting a picture with Grant that you totally neglect the dude standing next to you that could be like a business partner or that could give you a piece of knowledge or maybe it's Grant Cardone's freaking cousin and he's like going to his house the next day and you could have connected with him and you could have gone over and spent more time with a person. Like you just have no idea. So stop. Like it's crazy, bro. When I'll meet somebody now, right? And uh, we'll we'll just talk about random things. And this happened to me very recently. And very normal conversations, whatever. And then afterwards, they'll go check out like all the stuff that I'm doing and and my podcast and people that I've connected with. And then we hop on a call like a week later, and it's like a totally different conversation. They they treat me totally differently. It's like, wow, that's so crazy. Can we talk about this? What about this other thing? And like, it's just like, man, it 
if you just would have taken advantage of the connection the first time, we probably would have built a better relationship to where now I feel like I really want to help you out with those things. At this point, like you were kind of acting like you didn't have time for me and that you were really busy, which is fine. I'm not like worried about that. But you got to treat people like people and build real genuine relationships with people and realize at the end of the day that that's all it's about. It's not about networking to get the next dollar in your pocket. It's about building genuine relationships. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I really like that that what you were saying about like, yeah, Grant Cardone's not going to remember your name three seconds after meeting you. But you know, people, I don't know, yeah, they get so worked up about that picture because it makes them feel good, right? It makes you feel like you met a celebrity, you got a picture. And because you it gets likes them. on social media. And it gets, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. But it, it, that's not networking. That's photo taking. That's like, that's right. ego, right? That's, that's making yourself feel really good for a minute, but not long term. So that that's huge there. One more thing I noticed a lot too, where... I guess people trying to network, people trying to connect with other people, right? They tend to ask that question, right? The, what can I do to provide value in your life? I hate that question. I was going to ask you that, bro. Yeah. I was going to ask you what's like the number one thing that you hate the most. Yeah, I don't like when they ask me answer, yeah. what, yeah, what, I mean, I love the idea of providing value. I don't yeah. like when people say, I want to provide value. What can I do for you? Because then I have to start thinking and working at it and be like, oh, I don't know, man, I guess I could do this. And what are your skills yeah. like? You just <laughs> take in all of the, that your goodwill and put it on, you know, I put all this work on me and now I'm stressed out trying to think, well, I don't know what do I need. It's the most ironic statement. It is right. Yeah. How can I provide value? Yeah. You just didn't do it. Like, like I would (laughs) rather have question number one. Exactly. (laughs) Instead provide value. Like I said, that kid, Chris, right. He was just like playing ultimate Frisbee with me, like connecting. And he's like, Hey, you know, I've been watching your videos on bigger pockets. Do you want, can I come over and help you film them? I mean, that was like, I was like, that's a great idea. I do not have to set up my teleprompter and my light. You'll just do that for me and hit the record button. That sounds like a great idea. Perfect. So like, yeah, looking at what people might need and then finding ways to provide that is fantastic. Instead of asking, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> yeah, I love that question, man. How can I add value to you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. well, you got to give me some background on what you do. Are you even yep. good? Like, yep. like, I know that you do video, but like, what if you suck? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, what if exactly, I can do it yeah. better than you? Like, then no, you can't help me with the video. Like, yeah, so yeah. totally, totally agree with you on that. On that note, one more thing I'll add there too. There yeah. are some people who will try to provide value. For example, and I don't want to talk bad about these people. I love these people because they send me stuff, but I'll get random gifts <laughs> in the mail. Like somebody hands you a picture of me and my family. Very, very thoughtful. Very cool, right? Somebody else sent me like a, a pack of knives one time. And that's kind of weird, actually. But like, it's it's cool that people <laughs> tell me. However, I could not tell you a single person's name that sent me anything free like that. I have no idea. It's almost like people are like, I'm gonna provide, I'm gonna give them something really cool. And again, I'm send me free stuff all the time. I'd love it. Yeah. I, that's not really networking either because I don't remember who you are. Yeah. Like, I, there's yeah. so many like just random things. So I would also caution against just providing value without like providing something to a person establishing some sort of a connection outside of that yeah yeah you need that connection outside of it one thing that we do one thing we do at bigger pockets that we implemented a few years ago we noticed that people were getting together they're in the forums and they're like hey who wants to get together in you know dallas or houston or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so we actually built a system that allows people to do that and now like there's probably a hundred of them going on in every given month just people meeting together for drinks and coffee or whatever. And there's no like, we don't, people don't charge for it. It's just getting together. If you can find those kind of things in whatever industry you're in and meetup.com is a great website for that. Just go there and just hang out with people. Like don't have an agenda. Just go there and meet people, talk with them and see what happens that way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have an agenda. That's the biggest statement right there. Too many people have the agenda, man. They got the 500 business cards in their pocket, hot off the press because they ran out of them at the last event and they're ready to like throw them all on your face. I I legitimately do not have business cards because it makes it, it's it's like cheap. I mean, like I should, I have some somewhere in a box, but like, it's like 
fake networking almost like just exactly. your business card. It's old you school want. networking. It's yeah. Old school. Like it's an old I, school idea. Yep. I've never once taken a business card home from a conference ever. Like I've never con- went to a conference and got home and been like, oh yeah, this is that card from John. I got to make sure I call him or this is Sally. I got to make sure I call her. Like, right. I they go straight that. to the trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just dump almost every time right in the trash. If I want the contact, I take a picture of it and then I throw it yep. in the trash. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like literally just like connect with me on Facebook and then we can actually connect and get to know each other or yeah. like shoot me a text, but like, I'm not going to yep. use business card, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, that said, one of my buddies had a good idea with the business card thing is he would, he had, it was a business card on the back. It was, just, he had it written on there. Like, where did you meet me? And then a bunch of lines. And so the idea being you give the card to somebody and then they can go and take notes like about, oh yeah, this was, you know, this guy, Bob, who did this and that. That was an not interesting idea, idea but yeah. I've never written on a business card, I don't think so. Even though maybe I should, I don't. Yeah, well, again, that would mean that I have to keep them. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. So like All these cards. Yeah. I used to because yeah. I felt bad. I was just like, man, I feel bad that you bought this card and you gave it to me. But like, so I just get these like stacks of cards from events like on my dresser. And then like after six months, I was like, yeah, these have to go in the trash. And then from yeah. that point on, I was just like, as soon as I got home from the event, now they just go from my back pocket into the trash can. So if there was one tip that you had centered around networking, what would that one tip be? I think be purposeful, be systematic. Okay. About when the one thing came out, I remember my, you know, I was building a business. My wife had a business. I had partnerships in two or three others. And I asked, what's the one thing I can do for all of these businesses? Hmm. And having written a book, that opens a lot of doors. I had people knocking on my door. And with my coach, we just said, you need to be purposeful about networking. Because you can introduce talent into these businesses. You can introduce business opportunities. You don't have to be the lead salesperson, but you can be kind of an ambassador for Mm. all the businesses that you're part of. And so under his challenge, because meeting strangers is not my idea of a good time, (laughs) I told him that sometimes I like meeting people for coffee. Okay. And so we agreed that every Wednesday was when I set it up. Wednesday mornings, I would meet a stranger that someone else had said was really talented for coffee. Mm. And... No agenda, just show up, learn about them, kind of like an interview, right? Tell me about yourself. I hear you're a great designer, no agenda. And they got added to my database. Mm. And so if I added 50 people that were talented to my database, like what would that do for the future of our businesses? That was what we did. So the first year I did exactly 50 and quit. (laughs) And I was like relieved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's done. Check it off my list. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was still very uncomfortable. And I was going on LinkedIn to try to find friends of friends. And it was hard work. Mm -hmm. The second year, I think I did 79 or 80. Okay. Because some of the people I'd met the year before said, hey, you should meet my friend. Got this buddy. Yeah. Right. And it started to kind of build its own momentum. And I looked because I knew we'd probably talk about this. So from 2013 to this year, I've averaged about 85 people. So it's about 85 new relationships. And I mean, granted, sometimes I just show up and I find out I'm talking to a salesperson who mm-hmm. has no interest in knowing me and just wants to sell me crap. Right, of course. But a certain percentage of them are awesome. And there are people that I want to stay in touch with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's been kind of my very, my wife's a salesperson. The idea of okay. only having to meet one new person a week is ridiculous <laughs> to her. But as an introvert, it's like, well, I've also made that a commitment. Like right. I, I know that I can, that small domino, I can consistently knock over without fail. And I actually do better than that. Mm. But that's almost 500 people now. Right, right. And that's a much more powerful database. And it naturally evolves. So if I was going to say like reverse engineer for people, it started when I did something that was a little out of the ordinary. Mm. So do anything. Start a podcast, right? I mean, the moment you say you have a podcast, 
most business people are flattered to be called. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you have an audience or not. People will say yes. It gives you a reason to ask. So figure out something that's somewhat unique, that's a win for them, and that becomes your door opener. Right. Make a commitment to getting face-to-face with people. That's what, I mean, for me, it was face-to-face. I think that's really rich. I'm comfortable doing this. I Mm -hmm. feel more extroverted focusing on one person. Right, right. I can fake it with a large group, but then I fall apart. (laughs) Those people started inviting more people. And at a certain point, like I only have so many mornings, I'm willing to actually go pay for coffee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you end up naturally like saying, well, you know what? I should probably plan a happy hour. Mm. Or there's this educational event, like a goal-setting retreat or whatever. And then you start inviting everybody you've met to those things so you can see a bunch of people at one time. you got a meetup that's coming up. Right. right. So like mm-hmm. it, it naturally evolved. And mm-hmm. last year, about, I guess, 14 months ago, my coach said, so great, you've got all these people in your database. You're seeing them kind of regularly. What are you doing to follow up with them? Hmm. Didn't Nothing. have an answer. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> because most of them were more extroverted than me. They followed up with me. They dropped me a line. Hey, hmm. what are you up to? Whatever. So right. I was definitely coasting. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we came up with a plan and agreed that I would just write a monthly newsletter. Hmm. Super personal, not professional, not salesy. And that was very uncomfortable for me in the beginning, mm-hmm. even though I'm a writer. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I just call it what I'm up to. It's usually five or six bullet points, real short and sweet. And it's had really unexpected gifts. Like, first off, like in terms of a newsletter, it's about a 47% open rate. Wow. And I don't, no one, I don't know when anybody unsubscribes. Wow. So of the 450 or so people that I've asked permission to be on that newsletter, mm-hmm. there's about 375 still on there. So some people said, hey, I don't want to stay in touch. Yep. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But it's now become this place where if I have something really important, I can share it. Right. And the unexpected gift, because I'm a goal setter and I'm always thinking about five years, whatever, I tend to live a lot of my present in the future. And that's my orientation. Yeah, right. And what was really great about this is it forced me, I get to the end of the month and it's called what I'm up to. It's just, what did I do to the last month? I actually have to reflect back on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's been really rewarding because I've never been a journaler. I've never done anything like that. So it's okay. effectively become like a, a journal on a monthly. monthly journal, yeah. yeah. And it's helped me, like I've got old college buddies, like my old roommate from France that is now, right, almost every month he'll reply back and share something back. And it's definitely helped me stay connected. Yeah. So I guess it started with just being purposeful and it kind of naturally evolved. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many jobs I've filled through that, knowing that that group of people I could reach out to and say, hey, we have a marketing director position open. Mm -hmm. Do you know anybody? Right. That group of people has been very rewarding for us, even though I just kind of built it just because out of obligation. If I'm a business person, I need to network. Right. I know that. It's just not going to happen naturally. Yeah. But you did it the right way, though. The thing is, people want to... People want the well to be dug when they're thirsty, but they didn't do the work to dig the well, right? So they'll, they'll need a marketing director position filled. So then they just start going to these networking events or they start having these lunches, but it's all with the agenda that you were saying you didn't have. Right. I mean, so if you come, there's always something it's in trite, the back of your but mind. If you're, you've, already, you've already built up some equity in that relationship, mm-hmm. you can make a withdrawal. It's like a bank account. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you've made some donations. And I, I just, I'll credit my coach. Yeah. You know, that's been very important for me. Those, there are things that I'm not sure I would have done for myself that either my coach or my wife has pushed me out of my comfort zone, then I'm always grateful. Right. Which is also a form of networking. Yeah. That's one thing. So this is a question I'm going to ask you in a second. I ask everybody on the show. Sure. Is the who you know versus the what you know. And one thing that I don't think most people think about when I say who you know, they don't think of it in the mentorship type setting. They think of it in the deal striking type setting. Sure. Whereas for me, 
coming into this world in the last year, year and a half, it's all been the mentorship type mastermind settings. Like I'm just, I'm just a sponge. I just want to meet people and I want to learn from them and I want to see what they're up to. That's all it is. But having those connections has allowed me to do that at a rate that most people won't be able to do that. But a lot of people only think of it in terms of like, well, you shouldn't connect with Gary V unless you can strike a deal with Gary V and get him the New York Jets tomorrow. Like that's, <laughs> but you're thinking about it the wrong way. You're only thinking of it in terms of a financial return into your bank account, which is not what relationships are because people separate them, right? They're, they think like networking for business is over here. Building friendships is over here. When in reality, it's really one big thing. Like you build friendships. Some of them might be just a friendship. Like maybe some of your high school friends, that's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. None of my high school friends really do any of the stuff that I do, but they're still my best friends. You know, whereas some of these other relationships that you curate, they're my friends, but now we do business together or we help each other out. We mastermind. They're, it's all one thing. And I think people get it. They compartmentalize a little bit too much. Yeah, but I can without, see that. without going into that too deep, let me ask you this question. Ask every single guest that comes on the show who you know or what you know, which one's more important. Does anybody say what? Yes. Knowing it's a networking yes. show just, just to be contrary or because they have a reason? Sometimes they have a reason. Yeah, it's funny you ask that because when I started the show, that was like the question that I had at the very beginning yeah. just to like lob one up so they can knock it out of the park, you know? Yeah. But I started getting all these different various random answers and it's been one of the most intriguing things to me because it's kind of been a staple of the show and a lot of people come to hear what people have to say on that topic, but... I put who first. I do think there's a limit on that. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the people I was inviting to my network, mm-hmm. it wasn't because of who they knew. It was because of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so there are people whose what is networking. And mm-hmm. the reason you go to them is they're a master connector. Mm-hmm. But if I just have master connectors referring me to people who are referring me, that'll get old fast. <laughs> right. What right. I want is a, a short path to people who actually do things that are kind of remarkable. Right. That's what I consider a talent network. Hmm. I think that when you are in relationship with talent, talent tends to attract more talent. Mm-hmm. So you get Amanda Horvath, right? Because she's this great videographer, and I think she's talent, right? And mm-hmm. she's filming us right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm totally going to mess with her now. <laughs> and But you think, well, she probably hangs out with talented people. Mm-hmm. That's been my supposition. It proves to be true. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of what built into that. Yeah. Right. Very few people get to be talent purely on their networking skills, mm-hmm. and they end up in HR. Right. <laughs> so, like I said, yeah. like I'm willing to go through the who, and that's really great. And I look up, and I want to surround myself with people who are doing remarkable things and who share my values. Hmm. And that's the who I want around me. Right. And there is some what built into that. So, I don't know if that's too confusing. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a very thorough answer because that's basically what I believe. I think I think that it's who you know for sure, hands down, but you have to be competent and you have to always be learning and growing because if you just know a bunch of people, but you never take the next step, then you're always just unimpressive, but everybody knows you. <laughs> like you're just the guy that kind of shows up to the event and says, what's up? And people give you a hug, but then when that's you your leave, one thing, you that's fine. I don't want to judge it. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. that's your one thing. I know some people who are that person and mm-hmm. you better believe the super connector. I definitely right? am. Yeah. I'm on the phone with them and they can tend to be very entertaining, fun, great people to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there is totally. like a, depending on what your ultimate ambitions are, I do think there is a limit to how far you ride that. Right. I may be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think that's the biggest difference, though, is that when I ask that question, a lot of people don't think of it the mentorship capacity. They only think of it in, in terms of, hey, who can you do a deal with tomorrow type thing? And, and so yeah. a, a competence. That's transactional. It, yeah, exactly. You're exactly. turning who's into what's. What mm-hmm. can they do for me? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have a long shelf life. Correct. And Correct. those are not the people I You'll think. You'll always find short-term success, with. but you're going to burn through people, burn through people, burn through people instead of having real, long-lasting, valuable relationships with others. But 
your personal story is a fantastic example of how a mentorship type relationship fueled not even just your career, but your entire mindset. You like, like you were saying, just started investing in real estate, your money mindset, your wealth creation, everything that you've built stemmed from a bathroom conversation with Gary Keller, right? Yeah, that's pretty much where it all started. I didn't expect that when I got into it, yeah. but he's really purposeful. And you know, there's a model, one of his classes called Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. And it's, I call it no one succeeds alone, but it's, it's a model for looking very purposely at your relationships. And it asks the question, do you have mentors in these important areas of your life? A spiritual mm-hmm. mentor, a health mentor, a business mentor, right? If it's like on page 114 of the book, we go through the seven circles. Mm-hmm. If it's that big, right, it's a big part of your life. Wouldn't it make sense to have a mentor or an advisor? Right. Somebody who's mastermind there, with right. it. Yeah, they could give you real advice when you needed it because those are the areas that tend to matter most. Mm-hmm. And the other one, and this is where Gary's definitely fulfilled it, he talks about, do you know who you determine wealth for and who are your wealth determiners? Hmm. And it's a really different kind of question. This is more of a business, but like in some ways, I'm a wealth determiner for Gary Keller because before me, he didn't write books and together we've been writing books. I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but that's just the way it turned out. Mm -hmm. And that's increased his reach and therefore he sees that as a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. If my work in connection with him is creating benefit for him, he sees it as an obligation backwards. Okay. And frankly, now that I've seen that relationship, I wouldn't determine wealth for anybody who didn't see it that way. Right. There right. are people who will just take, take, take and never share. And then there are people who see that as inherently something that's got to be shared. Right. right. And for, I guess about four or five years now, we've taken that. And when we do our retreat, I ask my wife, Who are the five people who most determine our success? Hmm. And that's been a really interesting exercise to, you know, it's actually like eight people. You're supposed to do five. We always cheat. (laughs) But it'll be like, these are the people that those relationships actually matter on a business level a lot Hmm. more. So it might be your number one referrer. It might be your number one client. It might be an employee in your organization Hmm. that you really rely on. But just being aware that some of those relationships matter at a higher level allows you to treat them differently. Yeah. But... I was thinking mostly about like those areas in your life that really matter. Like, do you have a mentor? Do you have a coach? I mean, our physical trainer is our health coach. Mm -hmm, I know I always have someone I can ask, well, what should we do about our diet? What should we do about this? Mm. And that's there and it's present. And I can always ask those questions. Yeah. And the, I feel like there's so many excuses for a lot of people, but the biggest thing to remember is like, if you're in the situation right now is, and you can't afford to go hire seven different mentors, there's something really cool. It's called YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And there's something really cool. They're called podcasts. And then there's a book like this, like mentorship and coaching and all that stuff has never, ever been as easily readily available. And I, I think the reason that you were in a position to be able to hire those people is because you were also doing those things when you were not able to hire those people. True. I, I can't, I, some book I read once called, you know, all of the authors that you never got to meet, you know, they're your dead mentors hmm. and they're waiting on a bookshelf for you to have a long conversation with them. And yeah. that stuck with me because yeah. there's that information is always accessible mm-hmm. and you can learn from their life and their journey. You know, if you want to read about Benjamin Franklin, there's probably like 10 amazing biographies you can mm-hmm. go read. Right. And you can have that conversation with someone who's done amazing things in the past. Tell us about a time when a connection in your life led to a moment of success. So about four years ago, John was on a trip to San Francisco. He at the time was in a mentorship with Lewis Howes. 
And Lewis had told him about kind of like a transformational training type event. Mm -hmm. And John was like, you know, I think that might be something that Kate would be interested in as well. And so I'd never met Lewis before, never talked to him before, anything like that. And him and John were in San Francisco on BART subway. And I get a call from Lewis Howe, like kind of <laughs> surreal because I had like followed Lewis yeah. and I listened to Lewis. Of course, I knew that John was mentorship with him, but that didn't mean that I got to talk yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, it's actually you talking to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like definitely out of nowhere, like I didn't expect it. And so Lewis started talking to me about this transformational training, which I ended up signing up for on his recommendation. He kind of like we talked on the phone for quite a long time. And he was asking me kind of like what my perfect day looked like, what I was passionate about. And after that conversation, I realized that like I actually had a difficult time answering him. Like I wasn't sure what I was passionate about and I didn't really know what my perfect day looked like. And it really made me stop and look at the way that I was living my life and going to that transformational training. It changed my life, no doubt. I had a lot of breakthroughs, a lot of really big aha moments. I think it's changed my mindset like 360. I mean, I'm a totally different person after that. And that has really contributed, I believe, to all of the success that I have today. I mean, if you don't have mindset and if you don't have support and if you don't have the kinds of relationships with people where you know that, you know, you can rely on people and people can rely on you, it's going to be a really, really tough road. And Lewis taught me that. And through that transformational training, I learned that. And I know this is a really hypothetical question. There's not really a real way to know the exact answer to this. But I like to ask it just because it gets people thinking, how far behind in your story do you think you would be if you had never made that connection and gone to that event on Lewis Howe's recommendation? Oh, man, that's really crazy to think about. Because like I said, the mindset shift that I had from that was, I look back at it as one of the pivotal moments in my life to date. It was really that big and that important. So I think I'd be struggling big time. I mean, I would have never been able to support the business in the way that I have. I would have never been able to step up and take ownership of a lot of the really important things that I do for EO Fire. And so, yeah, I can definitely say that I don't think that we would be where we are today. I certainly wouldn't be where I am. So coming off of that question and knowing how important it is to constantly just be connecting with other people. Why do you think that people fail at increasing their influence or growing their inner circle? I think people are a lot of talk and not a lot of action. I guess the reason that I say that if I were to kind of like cite a specific example or kind of like general overview of what I see a lot is like, I talk about accountability a lot. I think it's so important to have accountability partners and people who you surround yourself with who you know are going to push you. And time after time, hear people say that they want that. And time after time, hear people talk about how they know that masterminds are important, but they're not doing anything to create that. Mm. And I had a huge moment in my life back before I even quit my corporate job, like seven years ago, almost now, where I realized that nobody else is going to create your life for you. Nobody else is going to give you what you want. You have to create that yourself. And I kind of see that a lot in people who say that they want accountability and people who say that they want to mastermind and people who say that they want to build their network and their influence. But like, 
they're not doing anything to help them get there. It's easy as going to a meetup or putting yourself out there. And I know that for a lot of people, that's really uncomfortable. But like, I can't tell you where to find accountability if you're not willing to go out and ask for it. So if there's somebody out there listening that just says, you know what, Kate, exactly what you just said, that is me. I'm 100% who you just described. What would Mm -hmm. be your advice to that individual? To find a a meetup, an online community, to figure out like where they want to be and go find the people who either are on that same path, who also want to be where you want to be, or the people who are already there. So Yeah. I mean, you have to like go find those groups and it's going to take work. I mean, none of this is easy. Of course, Travis, you and I can talk about it and it sounds kind of easy because we're like, well, just go meet people. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that it's not that easy. It's going to take work, but you have to take the first step. And the Mm -hmm. first step is putting yourself in a situation where you get to be surrounded by the people who you would want to be in a mastermind with. And I think that's really about taking that first step and doing some research. Like, where are these people? Are they an online Facebook group? Are they at a meetup that you can find on meetup.com? Are they a friend of a friend? Like, do you talk to your friends about this kind of stuff? And maybe they have a friend who's kind of on the same path or that knows somebody who knows somebody. It's just about putting it out there and and putting yourself out there. And I love what you said about if you want to be successful in whatever area, just go find somebody that's already done that or is currently doing that and find Mm -hmm. a way to get around that person. I love these. Exactly what I did when I was wanting to start this podcast was I knew that John Lee Dumas knew everything there was to know about podcasting. So I (laughs) figured out a way to go meet him. And that's where I met you. And that's how we have this whole conversation. And I learned so much from you guys over in Puerto Rico. And that was just really, really great insight. So I appreciate that. One thing I like to stress is that probably the biggest mistake that I see people make when networking is only asking for something in return from the people that they are connecting with. What is your experience with that? And what are some ways that you try to add more value to others than you receive? Mm, It's just slimy feeling. Gosh, I've had that experience so many times where I'm someplace and Somebody comes up and like, it kind of feels like you turn into a wall or something, like you're dehumanized or something because somebody's talking at you instead of having a conversation with you. It's so easy to spot. And I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling when somebody comes up and you can't get into words or no questions are ever asked about how you're doing or what your day was like or super simple stuff. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't know it. And they come up to you and they talk about themselves the entire time. And I'm grateful to have had those experiences because I think I've learned so much from them. I've learned that I never want to be that person. I never want to start a conversation and be the only person that's talking or be the one that is like so self-centered that I never even ask the other person how they're doing. So for me, you know, every conversation I try and go into it. Like if I'm at a conference or a meetup or something, I like to kind of, I guess, pick out specific conversations that I want to have with specific people. And I always start the conversation with thought in mind that by the end of it, I want to have been able to either give resource, a recommendation or a connection to the person who I'm talking with. And I never let that... Recommendation or a connection. So like a resource, like an app or something or a book or recommendation or like connection meeting somebody else, something like that, right? Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing like what you can get out of a conversation. Like if you go into it 
with that goal of ending the conversation by either being able to give a resource or recommendation or a connection, like you'd be really amazed what you in turn get out of that conversation. It's like this amazing, like give first, but you always end up walking away with like some type of inspiration or like a wow factor story from the person or I just feel good connecting people like because I know how important it is to me in certain situations when I'm just like, oh, if only I knew somebody who could do X, Y and Z. And then somebody's like, oh, I know that person. And it just like feels good. Right. Now, is there a place either online or in person that you go to specifically cultivate relationships? I guess I would say online, it would have to be my email inbox. Because I feel like that's where a lot of outreach happens. And it's pretty incredible what we can do in today's online world. I mean, like I could reach out essentially anybody I wanted to, whether or not it's going to reach that specific person or that specific person is ever going to see it. That's another question. But when I think about like how I connected with my accountability partner, like it was via email or how I've become part of mastermind groups. It's been via email. It's been reaching out to a friend and saying like, Hey, I was thinking about working on a project and I could really use some accountability. And I know that you have this and X, Y, and Z going on. I'm sure you could use some accountability. Like, what do you think? Do you want to just start like a weekly meeting where we check in? It could be 30 minutes on Skype, super simple. You're busy. I'm busy, but I think it would be cool to help hold each other accountable. And Oftentimes, even if that person isn't like, oh, heck yeah, I'm in, like maybe they know somebody who's, you know, I have a friend who's working on a project right now too, and she would probably like really be into this. So I would say just email, like thinking about conversations that I've had with people or thinking about certain projects that people have told me that they're working on. Like if I can think like, you know, I'm working on a certain project and it kind of jives with what this person has previously told me, then then that's definitely one way. And then I guess I would say in person, you know, that's been interesting since we've moved to Puerto Rico because we moved here not knowing anyone, you know, having zero connections, zero friends. But we've been very blessed. And as you know, Travis, to live in this really great community called Palmas Del Mar. And we've been able to connect with so many other entrepreneurial couples who are down here. And that community has been like our lifeblood here in Puerto Rico. It's been so, so important for us, not only just like with business and being able to have other people who are kind of on the same path as us, but just for like everyday life, you know, having support and friendship and just, you know, having somebody to lean on down here when things seem kind of crazy. So every single one of those friendships and connections were formed through going to meetups and stuff, like figuring out what was going on in the community and showing up to strangers' homes and introducing ourselves and seeing who we could connect with. Who is the best networker that you know and why you choose that person? John's pretty darn good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, he's got a pretty good inner circle, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever heard of John Corcoran? Yes, I actually interviewed him for the show. Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, he stands out in my mind. You know, he's been very outgoing and kind and generous every time I've ever been like at the same conference as him or in the same city as him or anything like that. You know, he's always trying to put together like a dinner or a meetup. And those types of people, I think, are amazing networkers because they're bringing people together and they're giving people the opportunity 
he not only gets to hang out with this group of people, but he gets to connect this group of people. And Mm -hmm. here I am talking about him for that. And, you know, what's better than that? Right. Okay. Here's the last question kind of based on this, Kate, but it's interesting one. Okay. If you moved to a new place, which you guys did, but you lost all of your contacts, what would you do Mm -hmm. to start building your network? I would go to the local coffee shop or sandwich shop or whatever place that people would probably seem to order a meal or a cup of coffee and sit down with a newspaper or a book or a computer. And I'd start talking to people and maybe choose based on like if somebody was working on a computer, I could probably deduce that they're a freelancer or maybe running their own business. And that's probably somebody that I would want to connect with because we have something in common. So that would definitely be the first thing. And then I'll follow that up quickly with searching meetup.com to see if there are any like in-person meetups or organized things going on where I can connect with other people. And that's actually some of the advice that I give to people when they ask me about that is Sometimes you just got to go do work at a Starbucks instead of in your home office. You know, yeah. Get out there and sometimes just overhear on accident conversations that directly involve what you're good at and you can offer feedback or like you said, give a recommendation or I've given out some of my friends numbers who are in businesses that might help the thing that that person's taught. You know what I mean? It's just good to get out there. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Well, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You might hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. So if this is something that you are interested in at all, which it should be, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you would be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha. Just shoot an email over to Travis at buildyournetwork.co and let's talk about it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.